Hello and welcome to Columbia Calling. I'm Emily Hart and in this week's episode, episode 501, I'll be speaking to Cristina Fuentes Laroche, International Director of the Hay Festival. We are going to be talking about arts curation and festival making in the era of artificial intelligence and social media and bringing one of the world's most successful literary festivals to Colombia for the last two decades. The Hay Festival is known as the Woodstock of the Mind. Nobel Prize winners and novelists, scientists and politicians, historians, environmentalists and musicians take part in the festival's global conversation, always sharing the latest thinking in the arts and scientists with curious audiences. The festival kicks off in Colombia this month, with chapters this and next week in Medellin and Jericó, Antioquia, and then in Cartagena at the end of the month. At this year's festival are Juan Manuel Santos, Wade Davis, Brigitte Baptiste, Rebecca Solnit, Andre Aseman, Hector Abad Faciolince, Amalia Andrade, Margarita Rosa de Francisco, Umberto de la Calle, Juan Gabriel Vázquez, Los Danieles, and more. So today we are going to be covering all things Hay, Colombia, and the arts, delving into the importance of spontaneity, connection, and conversation, and how the upcoming global challenges we face will prove to be, above all, challenges of the imagination. But first, your headlines from Colombia for this week. The Colombia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own, just complete the form on the Columbia Calling website, that's www.columbiacalling.co, or the BNB Columbia Tours website, that's www.bnbcolumbia.com, and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive Colombian adventure. So that's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors. The search continues for victims of a tragedy on the road between Medellin, Antioquia and Quibdó in Chocó. A series of landslides blocked the road in both directions on Friday afternoon, and then, amid ongoing rain, a subsequent landslide buried a house in which around 50 people were sheltering from the torrential downpour, as well as covering numerous cars left on the road, waiting for the route to reopen. So far, 36 people have been found dead, with more than 20 injured. The exact number of missing remains unknown. Pregnant women and numerous children have been found among the victims. This stretch of road is known locally as the Trocha de la Muerte, the death track. It regularly suffers affectations like landslides and accidents due to flooded conditions. The road has been tangled in infrastructure contracting issues for more than a decade. President Gustavo Petro arrived at the site yesterday, declaring an official state of natural disaster. Search and rescue groups continue work in the area, with a team of more than 200 across Army, Air Force and medical teams continuing to look for victims, along with the help of helicopters and heat-seeking drones. Petro has declared that 500 billion pesos will be used on projects on slopes around these roads and that Aero Civil must investigate the recent price hikes in airfares between Medellin and Chocó, which have forced many to travel by road. Colombia is currently suffering a particularly intense cycle of weather phenomenon El Niño, expected to last until the end of March at least. The government have set up a crisis room to deal with consequent events, with five regions currently on red alert for adverse weather affectations, ranging from forest fires expected in the Amazon to landslides like this one caused by heavy rains. 
Colombia has the worst road accident rate among the 35 countries measured by the International Transport Forum, with 15.5 deaths per 100,000 inhabitants. Deaths on Colombian roads have been growing in number since 2016. A contributing factor in this has reportedly been Colombia's motorbike boom. 70% of vehicles in the country are now motorbikes, and Colombia's statistics around motorcycle deaths are well above the global average. 40% of road fatalities in, for example, Bogotá, involve motorbikes. Lack of efficient public transport, particularly in cities like Colombia's capital, has been a significant contributing factor, as well as a lack of state regulation. The government and the Estado Mayor Central, a FARC dissident group, have extended their bilateral ceasefire for another six months, now set to run until the 15th of July of this year. The decree, which announces the extension, also announces new objectives for ongoing negotiations between the government and the group, including deepening territorial transformation, replacing illicit economic activities, environmental protection and the humanitarian protection of civilians. Meanwhile, a photo has emerged formalising an alliance between guerrilla group the Ejército de Liberación Nacional and a part of the Segunda Marquetalia, a FARC dissident group. The objective of the alliance is reportedly to combat the Estado Mayor Central in the Pacific region. The US Embassy has warned against using dating applications in Colombia after suspicious deaths of eight American tourists in two months, some of whom were drugged and robbed by people they had met on apps, including Tinder and Grindr. In the last three months of 2023, the number of robberies of foreign visitors to Colombia increased by 200% and deaths by 29%. Sex workers and politicians alike have pointed out that many men are now coming to Medellin in particular for sexual and narcotics tourism, and to exploit children and adolescents illegally involved in the sex trade, which itself is unregulated, leaving many of its workers unprotected from clients and criminal groups alike. A wave of violence hit Ecuador this week, causing curfews and leaving residents afraid to leave their homes, with violence centred in Guayaquil. President Daniel Noboa announced a state of emergency and launched a military crackdown on gangs in attempts to restore order as criminal groups held more than 100 prison workers hostage and armed men burst into a television studio during a live broadcast. Noboa has this week also announced a new tax to fund increased measures against organised crime and violence in Ecuador. Noboa has also announced the deportation of foreign prisoners in order to cut down on its prison population – this includes 1,500 Colombians currently incarcerated in Ecuador. Ecuador has overcrowded prisons, causing, among other issues, a concentration of mafia power, organised and wielded from within the prison system. The Colombian government has responded, saying that cases of returned criminals would have to be studied individually. Meanwhile, Colombia has strengthened its borders with Ecuador following the crisis – Ivan Velázquez, the Colombian Minister of Defence, has announced reinforcement of security in Ipiales, Mataje, Chiles and Calosama, four border areas with Ecuador. This is in order to prevent some of the criminal bosses who have escaped from Ecuador's prisons in recent weeks from entering the country. Many of these gangs and their leaders have alliances with criminal groups in Colombia, such as the Comandos de la Frontera. In 2013, Jorge Luis Zambrano, then leader of the Los Choneros gang, considered one of the most powerful in Ecuador, was captured in Bogotá after escaping from a prison. Current leader of Los Choneros, that same group, José Adolfo Macías Villamar, known as Fito, escaped from prison last week and is also suspected to be hiding in Colombia or have plans to do so. The World Bank expects economic growth of 2.3% in Latin America in 2024, hampered by high inflation, weak trade and adverse weather events, according to the World Economic Outlook report published this week. Economic growth in Latin America and the Caribbean slowed to 2.2% in 2023, around half the growth rate recorded in 2022. Those are your headlines for now. Let's get into this week's interview. Ya 
So welcome to the marvelous Cristina Fuentes. Welcome, Cristina. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm delighted to be here and speaking to you all. I'm going to start with something I found. You may not even remember saying it, but you're quoted in an interview as saying, and I love this, there is no better show than a good conversation. And you've spent the last decade proving that that is entirely true. It's even in the face of this age of short attention spans, sensationalist content, social media, TikTok reels, all of it, you and the Hay Festival have gone from strength to strength. So how have you and the incredible Hay team kept people convinced that there is no greater show than a good conversation? Good question to start with. Um, because because, because it's, it's a truth. There is no better show than the human voice, the human intellect, the human empathy. Right. This uh, magic that happens when two great minds come together and they discover each other, they discover the, the shared humanity, and they share it with all of us. And the conversations, I mean, what we do is we bring together big minds that are used to explore the world, mm. understand the world. They are day by day writing, thinking, and uh, connecting things that maybe many, many, many of us could do as well, but we don't have the time. <laughs> and they do it. Uh, and they go on stage and they speak to each other. And what I love is that every conversation is unique. You can show music all over the world, theater, and more or less the same if you do the show or the music mm. in Sao Paulo or in Madrid. But these conversations depends on the interviewer. Usually we try to match international um, talent with Colombian talent. So the viewpoint comes from Colombia. It depends mm. on the audience, the questions, what has happened before, the context. So every little conversation is unique. And I like as well this idea that some people think things like show business is something bad, like, like the entertainment part of um of books is something, you know, lesser, you know, the, the, the complexity of the word, not, not but the show that a conversation, the, 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 you know, the entertainment of a great conversation is unique and, uh, yeah. and it's human and you connect to it and it doesn't need more than two people that were three or four, a, a panel <laughs> yeah. that, are, that, you know, people that are used to think, to explore the world, to, to really look deep, deep into things, uh, to share that with us. In a very um, easygoing way, we think that what we do is for everyone. Everyone can be part of this conversation. You don't need to be an intellectual. You don't need, you don't need to be a deep reader to, to want to explore the world and to listen and to learn and to exchange. You just need to have curiosity. Right. And the uniqueness and the spontaneity of these panels is, is so exciting. And I will direct listeners a bit later on to where they can find a lot of these talks online on the Hay Player. But I would love to start a bit with your origin story. How did you first connect to this work and to the Hay Festival? I was um, a girl, a child that was always uh, doing everything with a book in my hand <laughs> and, and leaving <laughs> the rest of the time. So I was always a big reader. I you know, because of um, studying something useful, I was kind of pushed, or I guess I went into study economics and business and administration. Later on, a few years later, I discovered that I wanted to work in the arts, in, in, you know, in, in cultural management. I did a master's in London in cultural management. I worked for a few years in Canning House, in, um, in arts and business, and uh, working and um Working in arts and business is an organization that connects the business sector to the arts and sponsorship. And uh, I came across uh, the Hay Festival, first, to be honest, as, um, as a punter, as someone that went there to listen to talks. And then okay. later, uh, we organized a big event for children's and books with Peter. And I got to know him. And eventually, he proposed me in um, 2004. Um, the Hay Festival has, for many years, helped many festivals to be set up across the world. And uh, Hay was instrumental to create a festival in Parachi in Brazil. Liz Calder, the publisher of Bloomsbury, wanted to do a festival similar to Hay there. And, and then, um, and, that, and it was very, very successful because that, that first uh, festival, they invited um, Eric Hosbaum and uh, Caetano Veloso, and it worked very, very well. Instead of just helping why don't the Hay Festival create this kind of uh, festival? Right. So he contacted me in 2004 to see if, um, if I, I wanted to help, help him help him doing uh, the, this first Hay Festival in, in Colombia, in Cartagena de Indias. 
and you know and I say yes and <laughs> here we are <laughs> and why why Colombia because the hay festival for anyone who doesn't know started in Wales I think it was like uh, hay as I said um, has always been a model of excellence this mix of festival in the middle of the Welsh um, countryside right. lost village I mean and the idea hay was uh, very it was a very pioneering festival mixing a low culture with high culture, comedy, mm. creating a show out of a conversation, really. Before, um, the festivals were very academic, were like a big table, a blackboard in the back, and the conversation. <laughs> hey, right. hey, hey, you know, he did many interesting things, and many people came to Hay years ago to see, we want something similar in our village, in our, in our country. Mm. And he always helped. But there was a point we decided to organize them uh, ourselves obviously creating local teams and, and, and you know, this uh, amazing synergy we have got now of being an international team based in the UK and as well working very closely with local teams we have created in every country. So the festival right. is very rooted to the place it is, but as well um, very international and those things can deeply coexist. And um, so why Colombia? As I said, the, 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 the experience in Brazil, Parachi was... Uh, eye-opening. And then Carlos Fuentes, the Mexican writer, uh, told Peter, um, you know, if you if if you want to go to Latin America, go to Cartagena de Indias. It's one of the most beautiful cities in the Caribbean Sea as well. It belongs to a country that needs this kind of conversation. Mm. And as well, Gabriel, Gabriel García Márquez is there. So that's uh, three very strong reasons to come. <laughs> and, uh, and basically, uh, Carlos Fuentes helped us uh, he was very generous and uh, he really opened some doors at the very beginning uh, to, to make the Hay Festival possible in Colombia. Right. And I read a recent op-ed you wrote talking about an urgent dialogue between South and South. And I'm really interested in that dynamic. Can you tell us a bit more about what, what you mean by that? When we came to Colombia, I think in 2006, I think one of the important things we did was to connect Colombia to the rest of the world. Colombian felt because of, the, of its... Uh, uh, you know, violence uh, situation, it felt very, very isolated from the rest of the world. So that for the first time, we, we brought writers, thinkers from all over the world to talk to Colombia and Colombia to the world. In these last years, I think our role is almost more equally important to connect Colombia with the other Colombias. Because Colombia is, is very, you know, because of the conflict, because of the class system, it's quite, mm. um, there are many, many... <laughs> There are many Colombians within the country, and they don't speak to each other. And uh, you know, and that's something that we are very passionate about. But uh, what you what you read about is south to south is very much. Uh, we are now working with um, Open Society okay. Foundation mm. to connect the global south. Like, uh, not everything needs to happen south, north, north, south, but south, south. Like, we want Africa, Asia, Middle East to talk to to Latin America to share common ground and common problems, common solutions. So I think we have got now like new funding and a new and a new interest in creating these um these South to South conversations. That's why for example uh, we are bringing uh, Pankaj Mishra, everyone uh, well, Indian, although he lives in the UK, but uh, you know different thinkers from the from uh, the wider continents to talk to, to Latin America. And there was an electric moment that this this element really calls to mind. Uh, with Chimamanda Adichie in one of the barrios of uh, displaced people in Cartagena. So this was well outside the city wall. It was in a tent. And I've, I mean, hay festival events are generally pretty full, but this was something else. There was something really special going on with a, with a South-South conversation. And Chimamanda's experiences as a Nigerian woman seemed to be, and it was a tent full of women, it, it was really connecting in this space. Co completely remember that event, uh, yeah. um, Emily. And I remember as well, you know, talking about the power of the hair, things that resonate completely. And, uh, and um, yeah, and, 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 and that's completely true. And I remember as well, Wole Sojinka, when he came to mm. years ago to the barrios in Cartagena, he was deeply moved, all the, all the kids... Uh, has created like dancers to welcome him and things, and he was like, "This is Africa. This is mm. Africa. I am. I feel. I feel all the history being here as well, and and all these connections were very powerful. And I remember we worked uh, a few years in in, in Lebanon, in in Beirut, oh. and all the writers wanted to know what 
the Latin American writers thought the role of a writer was like, uh, is the role of a writer in a conflicted country? Do, do they need compelled to write about the reality or can, or are they allowed to write about whatever they want? I mean, they wanted to mm. see, they didn't want to know any, so much what the British authors thought. <laughs> they wanted more. <laughs> it's interesting to see how they related more in the role in the society, whether they, they have the freedom to write whatever, art for sake, or should they, Yes, because the country was in conflict, should it always uh, go back to these conflicts? All these issues that are shared, and mm. as well, you know, solutions, and um, you know, even in in every topic like um, climate change, at the end of the day, who is going to suffer is the global south as well. So you know, it's interesting to see, and as well, we are entering a post-Western society. So you know, I think it's interesting to see all different kinds of conversations and connections. So we have opened a. Uh, very explicit, uh, even if it has happened before, as you said, uh, throughout the years, we are explicit, explicitly doing a big series, not only in Colombia, but as well in Mexico, Peru, uh, and we may work as well in, in Nairobi in, in, the, in the very near future to do this right. kind of um, South-to-South conversations within the wider program. I spoke to a few authors for an article I wrote last year who said that often in Colombia they felt that there are two options. You write gritty realism, um, often based on your own experiences or, or those of your family, or you do a kind of folksy magical realism. And a lot of writers I spoke to felt that this was the, the trap of Latin American writing, is that you were forced into something sort of visceral and bloody or sort of folksy, folksy magical realism, which I thought was really interesting. But that trap as well happens in Africa, for example. Right. You know, it's like, I, I think from the Western viewpoint that... Uh, we think we, and we probably have all these choices and all this freedom mm. to, to do, you know, uh, many countries, at least they don't feel they have, or, or and as well as how the market works. Like, exactly, uh, yeah. You know, um, you know, international publishers wants to find that, that for chlore or exoticism or violence-driven books. So, so there yeah, are many, 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 many pressures, like uh, internal and external. To, yeah, to because certainly these, to write these writers whatever. could write anything, but yeah, if they want to get paid, there there are you know there are things, particularly the Spanish language market, which is still sort of run centrally from Spain, is looking for from the region. Um, exactly. But these conversations at the Hay really, really break open these these traps. Not least because the audience is is so involved. There's always an incredible set of questions at the end of these talks. Um, but I'm wondering at a at a more granular level. How do you curate and design one of these festivals in a world where there are so many writers and so many thinkers? How do you choose? How do you match them up? How do you create the panels? What's the process behind it all? I mean, it is, uh, we, we feel we do like a curationship of, of a program. Mm. We, we speak to lots of people to do this. We don't have like any formal committee or, or, or commission, but, you know, we in the first hand, we speak to all the publishers in the Hispanic world, in, in, so in Spain, in Colombia, or Latin America. We find out what is being published. But I always say we are not a festival of um, new books. Mm -hmm. We, you know, it, it's always a win-win if the writer has a book and it happens to be uh, this year we want him and uh, or her and and. Um, and basically, um, but we want to go beyond just being a place for book presentations. Of course, there is solo events, but we love the panels. We love the mix. We love the the themes as well. We like we like to mix to, to to mix in the same panel uh, a fiction writer with uh, economists, with an anthropologist, mm. and see the, the world through different viewpoints in 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 in, 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 in an hour. And um, so basically, we speak to publishers. We know what has worked from, uh, from different festivals, from right. UK as well, from other experiences. We speak to many partners. We uh, Some themes sometimes comes uh, driven by a specific sponsor that wants to, uh, you know, find something on economy. So we find the best economies. Uh, so to be honest, it's a bit of a puzzle. <laughs> of many yeah. different, and it, um, and we, what we need to do is to bring everything together to... To, and you know, and uh, and uh, we are um, we want to be a maximalist, uh, um, uh, main, you know, you know, we are at the same time a mainstream mainstream festival with the, uh, you know, with uh, with all the, the 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 best meaning of that word mainstream. We want to be for many people, so you know, we need to choose, uh, and as well, we want to go deeply into themes as well, and and as well, bring new. Um, 
seems to the table. I remember in Colombia, we started very literary. At that point in 2006, mm-hmm. many people told us Colombia is fed up with its reality. They need some um, some high-quality escapism. They need uh, to connect to others' uh, literatures. And, and we started very literary, and slowly the festival b- became a festival of ideas. I remember we invited the peace negotiators, Humberto de la Calle, Sergio Jaramillo, when they were in La Habana still negotiating, to come to the festival to talk and uh, and then we start talking a lot about um, um, you know um, um, environmental activists as well bringing even we brought I think Francia Marquez to the festival years ago and uh, you know and and uh, and mixing it with uh, uh, philosophy with um, different ways of uh, imagining the world I think we're at the moment of a uh, we need to change the paradigm we live in, the, the neo-capitalism, uh, uh, neoliberal system is not working as well as, as, as it did. You know, years ago, it, it brought millions of people out of poverty, but somehow we have a, we have crashed with the limits of, <laughs> of our uh, resources and so forth. So we need to change. We need to change. We need to rethink the world we live in. So I think the festival is a great platform for this. Yeah, and I want to mention some of the other activities because it isn't always just talks and panels um, that are going on at these festivals. There are also kind of workshops and you do a lot of work around literacy because, of course, in Colombia, I've read repeatedly that the average number of books that the average Colombian is reading is is one per year. Um, so there's a lot to be done on literacy, and I know you guys are very involved in that as well. Yes, we work now all year round with the, in the outskirts of Cartagena or even the Bolivar region where mm-hmm. Cartagena is. You know, and we do a lot of uh, workshops we work with the uh, Plant Foundation. But these last years we have developed loads of uh, contacts with other literacy uh, community organizations. We do like around, I don't know, one event per month uh, across the year. Mm-hmm. So for us, that kind of uh, planting seeds is very important. And getting, you know, getting kids um, to read is, 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 is opening doors for them. Uh, uh, unless they know what else is there in life, they cannot imagine a different reality as well. So it's a basic need, we think. So we do a lot. We work a lot with the universities, with students. But as well, I want to say, um, Emily, that the festival is a moment of hope as well, of fun, of celebrating, of not just <laughs> looking at the big problems of the world, it sounds like. But as well, you know, we bring great me. And musicians to talk, uh, filmmakers like Rubén Blades, like Sarah um, Di Sabina were here. Uh, you know, like uh, there is moments of uh, laughter, of, of uh, enjoyment of music, of parties as well. Of uh, it's a moment as well to to celebrate um, that we're alive, that we <laughs> that we get connect with each other, that and, and to find hope. I think now everything seems so pessimistic around us all over the world. I think, you know, the, the hope is within us and it's nice as well, this moment of uh, funny hope. But of course, the, the idea of outreach for us is vital. We do it a lot in Bolivar region all year round. As you know, we work as well in um, in, um, in, in, in in Medellin, in Jericho. So that's uh, a, now as well, we stream uh, live many of the talks. Uh, in, in, in lockdown, we found out that our digital, the, the year we have to do a digital festival in 2021, because the situation was so complicated, we reached a million people uh, watching the events live. And the two weeks that we left all the events in the in the system open, to one million people. And it was very, very moving to see that, of course, we reached people in the whole continent, in North America, whatever. But as well, we reached people from every little corner of Colombia, from El Chocó, from... And for the first time, they, fer- they felt they could come to the Hay. They were in the first row, <laughs> watching the same way as we all watch. It was very democratic as well. And since then, we use as well streaming as a, as a, as a way to reach audience, audiences that, of course, they cannot come to Cartagena. We use as well podcasts for radio because we were told that kids, they don't want to use too many of the, of the minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so radio, yeah. exactly, exactly. So, so, you know, just to try to reach new ways to, to, to find new ways to reach people. Yeah, incredible. And there is, I'll be sharing links to the Hay Player, which is where you can find events, not just from Cartagena, but from from Hayes. I don't even know the number, Christina. How many is it per year that you guys run? 
we've got Colombia, Mexico, Peru, we've got Wales, we do as well projects uh, around the world. But in that hate layer, we have got more than, I think, 4,000 talks, you know, mostly in audio, in, in audio. It's very, very nice to listen to them. Uh, in lockdown, I start listening to very old uh, talks, and there are amazing talks by Toni Morrison, by wow. Edward Said. And the interesting thing is that when writers talk, it, 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 whatever they say, it's a message forever. It's like they're the writing, <laughs> not like politicians that a week later is completely no one. <laughs> or even at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Emily, don't be so naughty. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. We must take them terribly seriously. We must. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have to say one of my one of my most powerful memories of a hey was um, Patti Smith playing a gig in Querétaro in Mexico. And it was a huge storm in a tent in the town square. And Patti Smith was playing this incredible gig. She's very politicized in terms of migration and climate. Um, but her music brought this kind of incredibly hopeful, powerful atmosphere. Yeah. No, I remember that that gig as well, and it was magical. And as well because it was there was such a storm. We have prepared like lights yeah. and to be all very fancy. But she was very afraid that the, we were very afraid that the water would come to the tent. It was, so I we, can't we overstate that storm. It was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, the, but then the show became very, very raw. Yeah. Yes, her, the, her guitarist, and that's it. No lights, no fancy. Yeah. Yes, her pure voice and the guitar, nothing else. It was and that incredible. made it even more compelling. So thanks to the storm, we saw... Uh, we saw just her at, in, in her most vulnerable mm. and as well in her most powerful at the same time. Yeah. And um, I remember as well, she said, uh, she said, oh, when I received the Hay Festival invitation, I, I, I love the, the tagline, imagine the world. Mm. And what she did, she said, let's, let's talk, in, let's, let's sing Imagine. And she took a piece of paper with the, let, with the, with the, with the song, Imagine All the People. Yeah. And it was so beautiful because it was a homage. To, to us, to our tagline, to the imagining what we were all doing there, yeah. imagining the world. So I know she was, she was very, she's a very inspiring woman. And yeah, uh, I don't know woman. if you went to, if, if you listen to the talk. The next Yola day. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't going to. I was smart. It, it was intelligent, yeah. clever, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Patsy Smith, I've been sort of reading and listening to her since I was a teenager. So to see her that live and it was her and him and a lamp. And she kept having to lean out of her own way to read her notes on the lamp. It was, yeah, it was incredibly, it was incredibly real. Um, so not to get too nostalgic, but have there been any other moments like that for you kind of through the history of Hay where you really thought this encapsulates what we're doing? This is what it's all about. Many, many, many magic moments. I mean, as well, uh, Emily, I have to say sometimes I can I'm, I'm listening to an event even later on, on, on podcast in the Pay player. And I'm like, oh my God, those two people shouldn't have been put together. What a <laughs> thanks God no one told me then, but it was if they don't they don't <laughs> they don't speak the same language, there is no point. You know, there has been as well, of course, mistakes, you know, like uh, I remember for example, I'm going to start with uh, something I, I I slightly regret. Like I remember when Christopher Hitchens came came to Cartagena he, I, I put him together with, um, you know, with an English journalist, and 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 the conversation was very much like a conversation that should have happened in Hay Wales, talking about the latest book and blah blah blah, and some gossip from London. And I and and, and that was that was my mistake. I should have uh, chosen a Colombian in moderator, journalist, writer, with he, because Christopher knew so much about Latin America. And had this interesting, yes, about everything, but Latin America as well, like uh, all the connections with North America and Latin America. And he would have been much, the conversation should have been more site specific, but yes, you know, and things like that. So, you know, you, all this is as well a learning and, and amazing moments. I don't know. We, we are now working a lot in, um, in Ukraine, in, in Lviv. We do like a festival there with, uh, you know, it, it, it's part of it is digital and a few writers goes there and, and have conversations and the conversations are very charged, very important. You see all these young Ukrainians coming and uh, and it's very tough to see a country uh, tough and, um, and uh, I don't, uh, you know, to, to see a country, the, the, the intellects of a, of a country, the writers talking in, a, in, a, in the middle of the war and the, the way they... They are not ready to support some conversations. They say things that uh, 
maybe they wouldn't say in a, in a different context. And I don't know, it's very powerful and very important that those uh, sometimes, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, there are many, I, I don't know. I remember I remember one conversation as well in Cartagena. It was a panel. It was like um, Yuval Noah Harari was there, a Hayun Chang, the economist, and someone from the arts talking about what matters in society. And that panel probably probably I put it together because we needed two events per writer. Those were like uh, three, you know, events writers with just one event, and and it was magical. It was really really compelling how Hayun Chang talked from an economical viewpoint, but but with uh, his full full humanity as a person. Hayun uh, Yuval uh, Harari and and the and the artist. I don't know. It really really worked well, and it really stayed with us. I remember, you know, Chimamanda as well was very powerful and, you know, many moments like that, especially moments where the country where the festival takes place meets with the world and, and the conversation is on one hand local and global. And that this connecting is unique, this connecting of, uh, of um, you know, this, this when, when two worlds discover each other on stage in front of you and prepared and it's amazing, it's magical. It's, uh, and then we, we, all, we all are the same as the Patti Smith as at our more vulnerable, but at the same at our more powerful at the same time. So that's very, very unique. <laughs> I remember watching a talk by Lydia Cacho, the Mexican journalist, and another, you know, real response, particularly from the women in the audience, of, of suddenly feeling like what had had been observed in Mexico was what they had lived in Colombia too. Um, and she she said without gender equality there is no peace in Colombia and there was one of the longest rounds of applause I think I'd ever heard you know the audience just like that connection was really felt there and that message without gender equality as well mm. there is uh, no end to the climate crisis because, mm. you know you know we, we, because it's the you know it's very much the how the pat- patriarchal society has created so many so so, so you know all these Truth are so important to be to be said and to be listened and uh, and, uh, and you know and uh, yeah and for example this share experience what we're doing this year as well is this book uh, we have invited seven writers or, or, or eight writers from Latin America from different countries to look at the um, peace report in Colombia oh, and wow. to choose a chapter um, a piece and to write fiction or fiction based on that and the book is called Share share realities like in all these countries and it's very very co- compelling it's a bit like this like Leila Guerrero from Argentina is remembering all the disappeared people in Argentina and related in and she relates it to a chapter in um, in the in the in the book in the in the peace report in, in Colombia for example Nona Fernandez from Chile she said I can I write this piece with 1973 on my shoulder so you know I'm, I I empathize about you know about the Colombian is how all Latin how Latin America views the Colombian peace process. The book has been published by Planeta, and all the writers will come, and they will continue these conversations of uh, you know of um, solidarity with the continent that shares a bit of the truth, not whole, not the whole reality of Colombia, and how how these uh, these things are. Judo Diaz, for example, he writes as well that he's a result of. Uh, of the, uh, the immigration because of the situation in Santo Domingo and relates to the immig- immigration that Colombia produces. You know, these connections are so powerful and important. Yeah. And this isn't the first book you guys have worked on. I spoke to Velia Vidal last year for this podcast about untold microcosms, where you connected Latin American writers to objects in the British Museum collection. Um, and each writer wrote a chapter about them, um, and it is translated into English as well as being in Spanish. So, so, so you know, Emily, there is a second book now coming out ah. from that project that was connecting writers to objects, and now this second book book is coming now in Cartagena as well, uh, and is um, and and the second book is connecting Latin American writers to um, all the letters and documentation of how those objects ended up at the British Museum. Oh, amazing! Because the British Museum in the UK has got, all, I think, thirty thousand artifacts, mm. and only one of Latin America, of, yeah. of the of the Americas, and only one percent or two ten percent has been seen. So the yeah, the room on Latin America the, in that museum is so small. Yeah, everything is in down down in the dungeon. It's all in the basement because <laughs> you wander around. Yes, yes, you yes, know yes, the yes. British Museum. 
obviously lots of controversy there that we don't need to go into about objects and where they belong. But it is an overwhelming experience to go. And it's a good thing they've got a cafe because I usually have to take two or three breaks if I'm really doing a day there. But the Latin America room is so small. It's sort of in a side library almost. And it's a beautiful room, but there's there's very little on display. Um, so it's kind of amazing to have these writing projects bring out of the shadows. Because these are objects that, you know, many of which no longer exist on this continent. These are things that it's worth bringing out of the shadows and talking about because those conversations wouldn't happen otherwise. But I'm bringing out of the shadows as, as subjects and as well. It, it's an excuse to think about the role of the museums mm, and mm. how the stories are told, who tells the stories. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and many, many issues. And, it, and in a very, in a very thought-provoking way, but in a very, in a deep way, in a good way, in a, in a way of rethinking. So, you know, it's, it, yeah. it, it serves many purposes. And this second book is going to be more the stories, how these collections uh, came about to be the, in the British Museum, in the, in the basement, but the British Museum. And it's going to be, it's, the book is called like a, Adventurers, adventurers, um, dreamers, and treasure hunters. Selva Almada has written there. Uh, Rita Indiana, uh, Juan Gabriel Vázquez. It's a, you will see. It's, it's coming out. Um, it has come out in a, in an agarama in a publishing house in Spanish, mm-hmm. and it will be available at the festival. And the conversations will continue. The interesting thing of these books we do is that it's, it is part of a project. It's a starting point, and then mm-hmm. the writers come and they, they, they speak even more about, about the, those issues. And they also seem to embody this thing of the hay of, of encounters, of one thing or one person encountering another, um, mm-hmm. and the kind of incredibly fertile ground that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, o- and often mm-hmm. su- surprising things that come out of that. And that's something I'd love love to hear about. You know, you've been working for a long time in this area. What have been the big surprises of your career? I don't know. I think working in, in, in the cultural sector, doing what we do, is um, we can only do this with a big family of supporters, like mm. uh, sponsors, like partners, like individuals. Yeah. And I think the arts is very, it unifies a lot. We get so many, ama- we have met so many amazing people we have learned a lot from Colombia. Colombia is a country, as, as, as all our stakeholders, has made us uh, braver, more more ambitious, wanting more. And, uh, you know, so it's, 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 it surprises us every day. You know, every day is a, a discovery. Our, you know, I deeply, deeply admire all the team in Colombia, all the uh, all, all the sponsors, all the, all the writers as well, how creative they are. You know, even in, in lockdown, in lockdown, we have to reinvent a festival, and uh, we were all we, we, we were all with this technology new to, for everyone, and we all did it. The writers have all the ingenuity of, of saying yes, okay, we will come from our house. What else is needed? You know, like uh, this idea of um, how the the cultural sector brings a lot out of uh, you know it brings a lot of uh, goodwill, and uh, and uh, what else? Um, you know how 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 powerful are the arts as well and, and culture? How this um, you know this um, soft power is one of the real powers as well. The conversations, the the the, the impact, the media, the the reach. Um, and have you, know, you had uh, to adapt or move yeah, into the I, space of of social media? You know, going going where people are. Um, and obviously, book talk is a huge new phenomenon. The kind of area of TikTok in which books are discussed. And have have you had to adapt to to that shifting world over the course of of your work here? Yes, we have we have adapted, and we have to adapt even more. And we right. really need to adapt to many things. What we have ad- adapted a, a lot, I think, is like I was telling you before, the themes, what the, what the country needs, what the festival. And right. sometimes it's not even us. It's the festival that has got its own life in a way. And like we said, the literary, and then we went to themes, and now we think this idea of connecting the the different Colombias, the indigenous Colombia, the themes, the, it's mm. more, even more important. But digitally as well, I mean, we work a lot with booktubers, for example, in Mexico. Ah. We have got a younger audience and and, uh, and, uh, and and they have quite developed there in terms of, uh, um, yeah, de- definitely. But I think as well, there is um, this very basic need. Uh, we, we adapt more for communicating. How, to, how, we, how do we reach to new audiences? Right. But the same as we were telling before, or at the beginning, the best there is no better show than a conversation, and this uh, and I like the idea of being just 
our in, in, in you know of course the digital is very powerful and we can reach many people and and for us has been a tool of um, inclusivity and and reach but I love the idea of meeting each other this idea of uh, mm. t- sitting down to tell stories hasn't evolved it's as important as it was around the fire <laughs> um, you know two thousand years ago when we start discussing maybe how to make whatever like this is and that's intrinsic in ourselves we are social animals we need to communicate and it's a very powerful thing we can communicate across countries across you know and across uh, we can write something and it can be understood by many 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 and it's intrinsically human so i think this idea and even more with ai in in the in the future everything can be replicated but this idea of sitting together face to face and talking and discussing and, and 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 singing and and being creative and saying something and you continue and, and, and this interchange is completely intrinsic to what we are and will never change i agree and i hope you're right i mean i have yet to encounter an ai that can really imitate you know it comes close-ish but there's always something a bit weird or a bit missing or just not quite interesting about what AI creates. Um, and the spontaneity of these encounters, I think, is ir- irreplaceable. No, I think the big danger with AI is as well that we can start losing our trust in ourselves, that eventually we will all, all our decisions will be taken by machines, by data, and not by, not by our gut feeling, intrinsic feeling. And that's a big danger because we are doing it already in many, many areas. Like, uh, do you go to any street? Remember it? You just go to the Google Maps and you give your your whole trust <laughs> to these machines, not not your own intuition sometimes. And that can happen. I mean, to find a street is fine. That's that's how that's, that helps you. But if you do it with everything, imagine you want to choose the person of your life. The machine knows A and B since they were born. And, you know, like, I don't know, let's, let's, uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting times. I love the idea of the the universal things um, that this festival achieves and that you can see in it. But I'm also interested in what's particular about Colombia. What is it about Colombian audiences and Colombian readers that you've noticed in comparison to Peru and Mexico? I mean, I think the audience in each country is unique as mm. well. The way they, they, they enjoy the festival, the, right. the way they live it. I remember the very the first years questions for the, to, the, to the writers were very random. I, 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 but I can see now right, a, part of the audience, um, they know if they read the books before, the conversation and the understanding can be even deeper. Mm. So, you know, in the, in the, in the last years, I can see the, the patterns have changed. Some people are reading many of the books before the writers oh, come. Wow. It, didn't, it didn't happen at the beginning, for example. That, that's like a, you know, that has been a development and a, and a, and a understanding the festival although having said that both approach are fine you can go and that's what we want it's not you don't even need to read the book eventually but it's the idea of uh, of feeling invited to the place to mm. to listen to learn to go and uh, but you know um what else i think uh, i don't know uh, colombians are passionate they they are fan seekers as well but the festival hasn't lost it's it's um it was not like a novelty <laughs> And then it dies, it continues, and it's, uh, and, uh, you know, we've got people that has come year after year <laughs> and bringing friends, and and, uh, and uh, it's always very, um, and they like to, uh, they are inquisitive, they are generous in the questions, they are in, I remember when we started in Cartagena, everybody was telling me, forget about starting on time or finishing on time in the Caribbean, nothing works, nothing happens on time. And I'm like, why? Why not? That's because they have been deceived. <laughs> because if you start on time every time, they will know it and they will come on time, you know. But if, of course, you don't start on time, they will not do it, you know. If yeah, you yeah. Trust them, and they love, they love in Colombia, in, in, in Cartagena, that's events, and, and they know it. And it's a civic, it's a basic civic um, trust in each other. We will start on time if you come on time, and we will do it together. They love to buy the tickets, to do the queues, do things correctly. It's not like they are not, they don't never do it. Of course they do it, but yeah. you need to do it well it to be and, and trust yeah. them and, and, and respect them as well. So that has been as well very, very interesting, this way of, um, and as well, something that we, that we, I think we brought in Colombia in 2006 when we started all the books, events, books, presentations, 
used to be very serious stuff, like mm. a publisher spoke, then an intellectual spoke, and then the writer. This idea of uh, completely um, flexibility, like um, the events are one writer to, to, to each other, and uh, in uh, without big presentations, very informal, but Mm. What very high quality, very very informal. They, they love it. The Colombians love it, and now they want. They started to ask the publishers, "I want to do an event hey style." Now it's very normal, but it wasn't when we started. And this idea, everybody, when is the inaugural event? You know, they are all the same. They are all equally interesting. There is nothing. Yeah. There is no hierarchy. The idea of um, you know, in, even the, this may sound controversial, but the idea of charging at the beginning we charged very very little in the, in the tickets, but then we realized. The, the barrier was at the ticket price. There were many, many, many other barriers. But anyway, right. the idea of charging some, somehow makes it even more democratic that just by invitation, that is always the same privileged people that go to places, by, you know, buying tickets, even we saw the lower middle class were really want to come and buy tickets. And mm. of course, it's free students. We go, half of the festival is for free. We go to all the barriers. We do a lot of stuff. But, you know, this idea of having um, a way to get in without having to know the organizers or whatever. It's quite, um, uh, you know, in a, in a strange way, uh, a bit democratic within, obviously, um, and, and, uh, you know, uh, 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 paying audience, of course. But um, I don't know what else is unique about Cartagena. You know, the, the context, you know, the, the festival is not just a series of events. It's what happens between event and event, what happens in the evenings, what happens in the street, the mood, the, the the climate, the the and, and Cartagena is you know Cartagena on one hand is uh, an amazing city full of um, magic beauty. On the other hand, as well, is one of the most unequal cities in Latin America. Fine, let's talk. Let's talk. They're from what you know. Let's not hide anything. Here is the best and the worst. Let's discuss the world within this, this context. Let's discuss this inequality within Cartagena. That is one of the most unequal places. You know, so all these all these contrasts and, and uh, from the worst, the, the, the most beautiful place, the most horrible poverty nearby, the most, um, you know, um, uh, I don't know. I, I think it's very exciting to 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 be com- talking about the world in 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 a. Um, in, uh, as well in, uh, in, 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 the, in in this kind of context. And Cartagena yeah. is, uh, you know, there is music, there is noises in the street, there is smells, there is uh, life, there is, you know, many things. Uh, yeah. And Colombia as well. You go to Jericó, that is an amazing uh, village from the Antioquia Valley as well, and, uh, and um, o Medellin. You know, the context matters. Festivals are uh, the, the cities or the, the places that festival takes place are part of the festival. You cannot separate it. A series of events you can do then more or less successful anywhere. But a festival needs many ingredients. Is is what is the you know is the glue between events and yeah all the, all the context. Mm-hmm. So what are the major challenges um, for creating a festival like this? I mean, I think the challenges are always like uh, finding the support, the the, the, the sponsors, and. Um, you know, making sure the audience is, is safe, <laughs> the writers as well, and, and making them sustainable. We don't like to go to one, one event and then leave. The idea is, they, you know, for a festival to really leave a legacy to the city, the place it, 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 it lives in, the, the, the best is this uh, sustainability, you know, to, to be year after year. And we become a catalyst of many things, of many projects starting and ending at the hay. Some of them organized by us, some of them organized by others. So we have been catalysts for many, many, many things. Um, but it's, you know, the, 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 the financial challenge, you know, we come with budget zero, just our time, our, and we need to fundraise, we need to, 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 to find teams to, to work with us. Uh, we need to, you know, all, all those are challenges that, you know, now we have been doing for many years. So we have got a, a proper foundation, non for profit. And, uh, and people that are properly paid, of course, and, and all the all the governance and structures, you need to do this properly. You know, there is a big responsibility. You are bringing many people from away, from from uh, far away. You are bringing many audiences together. You need to be sure you are they are safe and you are safe. And so, you know, many 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 challenges. Some countries the challenges is censorship as well. How you convey and, and, and maintain maintain pure to your principles of creating a free space when. When sometimes the context doesn't doesn't help, you know, many 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 interesting chal- uh, challenges. 
we have had lately as well some digital channel uh, challenges, like um, writers saying something that, that you know maybe controversial, maybe maybe making a mistake on stage because they say something out of context, whatever, or or just a mistake. And that minute is then replicated in, in social media and amplified in a way that we want as well the stage to be a place of safety, <laughs> to say whatever we want. But as well, we want to be digital. So, you know, there are many challenges and things we need to, to take into account, new ones, old ones. But, you know, that's part of the that's part of the day to day of um of you know of festival organizing and, and managing. Yeah, of course. And an extra thing to mention, I think if you're imagining as a listener how complicated this event would be to run, now imagine the fact that many of these talks happen in different languages and there are live translations. Um, and we get very good translators and it's mm. amazing. And I remember especially the lockdown as well that we did that online. That was quite hard because we needed two systems, you know, people have to choose the, the language. And at the end, in the in the in the chat chat bar, people were almost thanking more the translator than the writer. What an amazing translator! It's, it's magical. You press a button and you listen, and they were saying, "Oh, if there is a, a female writer speaking, why then? Why the translator is a man?" And I'm like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but it, you know, <laughs> but it was you know, it's um, you know, some art forms like music, like uh, mm. you know, they they can go across frontiers without translation or win translation. And they're great professionals, and you know, you can yeah. use your headphones, it changes. We need to give as well the opportunity to each people on stage to speak their own language. Exactly. Even if they speak another one. Mm. You know, you remember once uh, Mario Vargas Llosa and um, I think Julian Barnes, they were both big fans of um, Madame Bovary, Flaubert, and they did a talk in Hay Wells, I don't know, 20 years ago about Madame Bovary. And then we decided to repeat it in Cartagena. Wow. They would never have thought that 20 years later they were in the Caribbean <laughs> doing the same. And then uh, when Mario was coming out, they were in the backstage. Mario, okay, I'm going to, to speak Spanish. <gasps> um, uh, Julian Barnes was like, how come? Let's do it in English. And Mario, but my audience is there. And they're Spanish speakers. They yeah. want to listen to me in Spanish. <laughs> and he was like, but please, what about me? You will listen to me in English through the, <laughs> through the, the headphones. Okay, yeah. It's fine. And it was perfectly fine and beautifully done. Yeah. And, you know, Barnes used the headphones. Mario could understand him. There was a moderator and it worked perfectly well. And each of them has got a choice as well to choose the language they think it was um, more truth to the live audience you have. There. Yeah, absolutely. And it is so important. I do it in all my interviews as well, wherever possible. I'd be in the mother tongue of the person I'm talking to because that's where the authentic thought comes out. What it means, uh, Emily, is a... Is, is, uh, bigger bigger budgets it costs a lot of money to have the best translators the the subtitles interpreters but you know that's part of a, a good festival as well giving the options as well mm. yeah i'm gonna let you go pretty soon because i know you're incredibly busy because the hay festival columbia is this very month but before i release you would you be able to tell us what's coming up what have we got who are the highlights this year Oh, but we have got a great program again. I mean, eh, the festival is about to start. We are going first to Heriko, this amazing village in the Antioquia Valley. It's beautiful. I love the drive from Medellin. Oh, it's incredible. Jericó. It's incredible. Mm. The nature, the river, the Cauca River, the villages across. I mean, for me, I never want to reach, and then I'm very happy <laughs> to reach, of course. <laughs> and Jericó as well, the festival in Jericó is very interesting because um, it's... Um, it's, it's a great opportunity to talk about nature, uh, indigenous, to talk about um, the tension between the urban and the and the and the rural as well. Right. So it gives us a, a, a different context to talk about things. Um, then we do Medellin. Medellin is a more city festival. Now we are doing a lot in the month at the evenings when you, we have got two thousand people listening to the talks and uh, and and I love the young people, the energy in Medellin. And then Cartagena from the 25th until the 28th of January. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if anyone listens to this before then, please come to Medellin, to Jericó, Cartagena, or listen to the talks that we, we will be streaming, especially from Jericó and Cartagena, if you cannot come. And uh, I don't know, we are having uh, lots of amazing writers, uh, like, uh, I la- you know, 180, so it's many. Wow. But we will have Irene Solais, an amazing Spanish writer that writes a lot about nature. And uh, Alana Portero, Portero as well from Spain, LGTB issues. Javier Moro, he, he has written this book about uh, uh, Leopoldo López, uh, you know, from from Venezuela. 
Julio Navarro, eh, from Chile, Benjamin Labatut. I'm talking about literature now. And uh, Adania Shibli, she's a great writer from Palestinian, very interesting to listen to her now. Uh, Andrea Simon, he wrote um, uh, the book that then it was uh, called Me By Your Name, it was done the film. This is a great States. speaker as well. Uh, yeah, great speaker as well. We have got Julian Odaempoli, he has written a book about the Kremlin magician, about the advisor of, of Vladimir Putin, very, very good book as wow. well. And Benjamin Labatut, Argentinian, that is really a genius. Loads of Colombian writers, Jorge Franco, Amalia Andrade, Margarita Rosa de Francisco, thousands. I'm very keen on, um, a, you know, like a, a Rebecca Solnit. I really like how she thinks. Uh, I think she will be very important to Colombia. Orwell's Roses uh, is one of my favorite books of the last five years. Yeah, no, she's, Incredible she's really, book. really, and, she, and she's a powerhouse and, and talks about uh, ecology, feminism, and how to imagine the future. I think she will be a great, great uh, Breaking panels as well. Mariana Masukatu, the economist that is shaking the way we see the economy and the way we see the, the role of the state as well that has been sometimes denigrated in the past. And now we, we see, uh, especially after lockdown, how important it is. Uh, we're having very interesting people of, uh, from uh, the global south, like uh, David Rosuga, he's a British uh, Nigerian writer. He's a historian. He's very mm-hmm. historian and talking about as well race and and. and, 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 and Identity or uh, Pankaj Mishra from uh, from India as well. Very very interesting. Uh, lots uh, as well about Ukraine. Sergi Piokti has written. The, he's, he's the best uh, historian, Ukrainian is, uh, historian, and he's written about the the the, the, the war now about the, the yes in, in, yeah. from a history viewpoint. Ruby Wax about mental health. Tina Brown, the mythical journalist from she has been editor of Tatler, Vanity Fair. A New Yorker, mm. um, Laura Ardila, with this book about the, the Cosa Nostra. Uh, uh, about the child uh, plan. Um, exactly. Yeah, I read that but, last year. That's that's an extraordinary piece of very in-depth journalism yeah, okay. about Colombia's elitism and clientelism. Very, very important to give her a voice and totally. to with Gosh, others. Yeah. Uh, Real local Pat, journalism. Pat, exactly. I'm, I'm well done. Mm. And depth. Patrick Badenki, Philip Sanz. We have a lot of music as well with Kevin Johansson. This amazing uh, American Argentinian, very funny singer, Phil Manzanera. And uh, we will we'll talk about Liniers as well, the, the, the comic writer from uh, Argentina. So, you know. It's an amazing, amazing lineup. And then what's next after, after this month? Where's the festival going? What are the big, the kind of blue sky plans? You know, yeah, you know, yes, before uh, Cartagena, we're taking for the first time. A bunch of writers to like Simon Cervante Fury with his amazing books about the, the history of families. Yeah. It's fascinating. He explores the, he, he talks about the, I don't know, the Kennedys, the Rothschilds, the, all these uh, families that has formed the world and or Wade Davies or Johnny Anderson or, uh, you know, they, they, or Andrea Wolf with her amazing magnificent, uh, magnificent rebels. You know, you remember mm. she came to talk about Humboldt. Yes. You know, yeah. He's talking about the, Romantic philosophers in Germany, uh, they, they are coming to Panama first, and uh, we're doing a, a Hey Forum, a smaller, more focused uh, festival or forum in Panama on the 23rd, 24th of um, uh, January, parallel to Medellin. And what is next? <laughs> I think the next big festival will be then May in in in, in Wales. This is ah, a big festival of the original uh, twelve days, the original. And we we are exploring to do a chapter in in um, that we used to do in the past, but in a different format in Nairobi as well. So watch this space. Wow. We're still in 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 conversations to to continue these south to south conversations we were talking about as well. And to zoom out just to finish, what's next for arts globally? I think uh, you know I think the arts are engaging in the right way with uh, the challenges we have as societies like. Uh, I don't know. It's very much like Rebecca Sonnet is, uh, is says. You know, the big battle against the machinery, meaning the patriarchal society, meaning the neo- neoliberal society, is a battle of imagination. We we don't we need to think. We need to think together. What is next? Uh, the only thing we see in the future is the growth that is deeply and sexy and um, dystopia. <laughs> what else? So I think <laughs> so I think the arts. The, the big battle is how to you know, how to help us 
we have been corny, but how to help us reimagine the world as well and see new new, new ways. And and I think the big battle, the, what is next as well, is how how the arts is going to coexist with artificial intelligence. Now, now everything can be replicated. But on one hand, it give, give um, you know, it's a great tool as well. It's, it's, it's just something, uh, you know, the arts needs obviously to to, man, to remain being the most human activity we can do. And how do we keep that alive? So, you know, big, big, big challenges. Another big challenge is the finance of the, of the, of the cultural side, the arts. You know, we are living difficult times. Resources are, I think we are already in the climate, in the lack of resources kind of um, war in a way. You can see the, all these polarizations, all these, how are we going to keep the arts uh, diverse, lively, and, you know, um, thriving without resources, money as well. And as well, you know, the cultural wars as well, the woke, we need to know how to navigate uh, through them and, and, uh, and come and maintain the freedom and, um, and you know, and, and accept offenses as well. So, you know, many challenges, but that's exciting as well. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 and there is more, more need than ever to have them, to have these spaces like this, like the Hay and many others. We need these spaces. We need to keep them. And uh, and what we do is more meaningful than ever. Thank you so much, Christina. This has been fascinating. I'll be sharing all of the links to Hay Player, to the events, to the ticketing this week, because things are already kicking off here in Colombia. Thank you, Emily, for your great questions, for your great uh, conversation. And see you all in Colombia. The Columbia Calling podcast is sponsored by Latin News, a leading source of political and economic analysis on Latin America and the Caribbean since 1967. Their flagship publication, the Latin American Weekly Report, provides a behind-the-scenes briefing on all the week's key developments throughout the region. Sign up for a 14-day free trial at latinnews.com. We are also sponsored by... BNB Columbia Tours, which is a leading tour operator providing a wonderful range of exclusive small group shared tours for those over 50, along with customizable private tours to both popular and off-the-map destinations throughout this beautiful and diverse country. If you're interested in experiencing one of their unforgettable journeys through Colombia, be it a shared tour with like-minded travelers or creating a unique private package of your own just complete the form on the Columbia Calling website, that's www.columbiacalling.co, or the BNB Columbia Tours website, that's www.bnbcolumbia.com, and they'll be in touch within 24 hours to answer all of your questions and to start the planning of your exclusive Colombian adventure. So that's bnbcolumbia.com and latinnews.com. Thank you for supporting our sponsors.